Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap Bad up. Curry takes another three. It's up and good. He's got 62. On 95.7, the game. Has to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam. Oh, by Oubre. He caught it right at the restricted area with the left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Here comes Wiggins the other way to Damian Lee. Back to Wiggins. Wiggins, jab step, now takes a three and hits another one. Wiggins on fire. Miami's going to call a timeout. Well, Andrew Wiggins does remain on fire. Five of 11 from three-point range. He goes for 23 points. Stephen Curry continued to grind through the bruised tailbone to the tune of 36 points to go with 11 boards and three assists. But the Warriors drop an ugly road trip opener to the Miami Heat, 116-109. to Bottom line here, Covey, as uh, we tip off this show tonight, uh, just too many fouls especially in the first half, and too many turnovers for the Golden State Warriors. 20 on the game, 27 points for the Heat off those turnovers. And the Warriors find themselves, as they seemingly do now with each loss, kind of on the brink of their season taking a, a, a turn where it completely maybe falls off the map. A lot of schedule ahead where they can get it back on track, but uh, with every loss, it gets harder to flip it back the other way despite how many winnable games you have remaining. Yeah, trying to stay optimistic, J.D., I really am. But at some point, it, these games need to turn into victories for the Golden State Warriors. And, I mean, you said it, man, 27 points off the turnovers to 18 uh, that the Warriors got off of Miami's 12 turnovers. That's a nine-point difference, seven-point final margin of victory. Just too many bad fouls and not enough guys not named Curry and Wiggins stepping up and helping out. I actually thought Draymond had a, a solid two-way game tonight, um, but just not enough guys helping out. And the, the Heat are looking at this. You know, now they got Oladipo. They're, they're looking to lock in and, and put some wins together and make up some ground in the East. If you're the Heat, you were looking at this one as kind of one that you had to have tonight. And the Warriors, they're just, there wasn't that sense of desperation, and so they come out on the short end. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey. It's Warriors wrap-up here on a Thursday night, the 1st of April on 95-7 the game. The Warriors now 23-25, and 48 games into this season. So 24 games to go for the Warriors, and uh, they, they got to get back on track. And it's it, record-wise, it gets easier. But I know on the television broadcast tonight, uh, Fitz and Kalena talked about this a lot. Uh, the 
Toronto Raptors play you a lot like the Miami Heat play you, and and the physicality and the length. And you know, frankly, I know both of these teams have had their own issues with COVID and, and players being in and out of the lineup and the like. And, and I know Toronto's had some drama uh, as well through this season. But uh, the Raptors, point blank, are better than their record. Uh, that being said, though, this becomes a game that the Warriors really have to go and get. And I'm telling you, with every every Stephen Curry fall on that tailbone, I, I just wonder, is that going to be the one where the Warriors say, you know what, Steph, we love you, but we're not going to let you do this anymore, even if you're still capable of going for 36. I just wonder, at what point does the rubber meet the road and and in the short term, the Warriors say, Steph, we just can't have you keep going through this. Well, big picture, they need to get every win they can. Otherwise, they're going to be on the outside looking in as far as even this play-in tournament goes. Yeah, and Steve Kerr said weeks ago, J.D., a couple months ago now, he's not interested in grinding out wins and chasing victories and preservation of Steph Curry in the back end of this season uh, at some point is going to have to take priority over potentially getting into a play-in game to potentially getting into the playoffs to play one of the top seeds in the West. I mean, you know, when you're looking big picture, Steph Curry being ready for next year and, and not, you know, uh, pounding him too finely, uh, it needs to be a, a major priority for this basketball team. And, and it has been, but I mean, you look at a night like tonight, Steph guts it out, 36 points in 36 minutes. J.D., he led the team in rebounding tonight. Like he had 11 boards. Somebody want to help this guy out a little bit? I shudder to think of where this team would be without him. Thank God they got him so we don't have to wonder. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, really when they were four games over 500 coming out of that Charlotte game at the Chase Center, I thought, okay, like this team's got a chance to maybe get on a roll here and move up in the West and really use this as a launch pad for next season. Now it might turn into, man, you just kind of want to hang on and, and not let it get too off the rails and, you know, I guess regroup at the end of the year. It sucks that this is kind of turning into maybe a mini salvage operation but that's kind of where we're at right now until they can start playing a little better and turn it around and the Warriors now four and ten in their last 14 games since they were 19 and 15 uh, just over a month ago after they got that win against Charlotte remember they went and played the Lakers that was ugly got blown out there they let a game slip away in Portland, and then they decided to give Steph and Draymond the, the final night before the All-Star break off. So it's a three-game streak right there. Then you come out of the gate with the Wiseman. Uh, COVID uh, missed the tests and couldn't practice and got benched. You lose that game to a darn good Clippers team. Uh, it felt all right, though, when they bounced back and were able to beat Utah with, with Jordan Poole's emergence and, and Wiseman bouncing back and having a nice game. But uh, since then... Uh, it's really been problematic. Uh, the ugly loss at Chase Center to the Lakers, and then Steph got hurt, and things really just haven't been right uh, aside from the, the one win in, in Memphis without Steph, which which kind of led us all to believe, hey, maybe this team can can hang in there and hold this thing up but while Steph gets healthy. Uh, it, it got away from this team fast, though, the longer Steph had to be out. Steph kind of came back to save the day against the Bulls, and, and there was more of the same, really, in play in this game tonight as he goes for 36 points, as difficult as the Heat made the game on him, and we know Toronto will, will try to do the same. So Steph's doing all he can 
Uh, and the Warriors are going to need him to be able to continue to do all they can. There's also now some injury concerns with Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney both uh, tweaking their ankles. And, you know, Jordan Poole missing uh, even a, a week or a couple of games at this point would be a big blow uh, considering how quickly the Warriors go from uh, a, can go to a team that looks like they struggle to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, and we saw it for for stretches of this game, particularly when Steph was off the floor. I mean, early in the fourth quarter, Warriors were struggling to get anything going. The Heat just went into a zone. They just wouldn't respect the fact that the Warriors uh, could hit a shot, and guess what? They didn't, and then, you know, some, some ill-timed turnovers really compounded it, and by the time Steph came back in, you knew it would be – a Herculean effort in order to get this team back in. And I know they, you know, they, were, they had a, a rebound opportunity that, you know, you put that in, potentially you get it down to a two-score game. And even in the final minute, you know, they did end up getting it to six points. But, you know, they were never a threat to, to get back and, you know, maybe force overtime, anything like that. So, yeah, look, they're, they're hanging on by a thread right now, 23-25. Um, and 25. Obviously, the good news is 10 teams get into the playing tournament. You know, 10 teams are going to qualify for some semblance of, of postseason basketball. And as it stands right now, Warriors still up a game on the Sacramento Kings. Pelicans, you know, Ball, uh, Ingram, and Williamson, they all didn't play tonight. They lost in overtime to the Magic. So, thankfully, the Pelicans don't gain any ground on you tonight. But it, it's, it sucks that this is where we're at right now, worrying about holding off the Kings and the Pelicans for the 10 spot for the right to play the Grizzlies for the right to play the loser of Maverick Spurs. Like, that's – that's uh, we've come a long way from, hey, this team's four games over 500, getting healthy, feeling pretty good about it. But this is their reality. And if, if they're going to also get hit with more injuries, I mean, let's face it, J.D., you know, even if they do, uh, you know, somehow navigate to that 10 spot, it's, it's not really going to matter much anyway as it applies to the postseason. 888-957-9570. It's Warriors Wrap-Up with J.D. and Covey here on 95.7 The Game. We're going to be with you until 10 o'clock here tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll keep Warriors Wrap-Up going until about 9. We'll have a truncated edition of the final word coming your way from 9 until 10. Uh, let's get to Manuel in Dublin. Manuel is up here, uh, our tip-off caller tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Manuel? Hey, guys. I always enjoy the show. I know this is random kind of up it's Related to Miami, so if you guys, they played the highlight during the break. Um, it was a Draymond Green backdoor pass 2012 from a Jared Jack, and it just brought back such wonderful memories of, of when Draymond first came in. It was his rookie season. I actually watched him in the summer league before that, and I just thought it was, I got a kick out of it. I think uh, uh, LeBron was still with the, with the Heat. So I let you guys recall that game. That was like Draymond's coming out party. I think he, I think he got David Lee, started, David, started getting David Lee's card. And the other thing I wanted to mention tonight was I will never, ever, ever, ever forget Andre Iguodala getting that stuff blocked, man. Even though he made those threes. And J.D., just, I just want to ask you a question. Why don't we have him now? I know what was the deal that we, we weren't going to sign him. He went to Memphis and sat out. Can you break it down for me? I'm not sure why. I know he wouldn't be here now, but what was the reason why we – he'd be a good piece right now. Actually, he's still, I, thought he was, I thought he was done, man. I mean, he, he looks pretty good, but – I always enjoy the show, guys. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate the call. It, it's pretty simple. When when Kevin Durant left, the Warriors did a sign-and-trade for D'Angelo Russell, right, to bring D'Angelo Russell back to, to Golden State. When you do that and you're a team that's over the cap, as the Warriors were, so if you're, if you're a team that's over the salary cap and you do a sign-and-trade, you become hard-capped. So that means that there is a threshold by which you cannot cross 
under any circumstances. And I believe it was $139 million uh, w- w- is that number. So, you know, now you can go, you know, teams can, that are not hard capped, you can go over the cap, and the Warriors are, are significantly over the cap this year. But once you, but doing a sign trade triggers you to be a hard capped team uh, because you're, you're using basically a, a luxury that, that, that isn't necessarily afforded to you without a penalty. So basically, when that happened, the Warriors became hard-capped, and that meant Draymond Green or Andre Iguodala or Clay Thompson or Steph Curry had to go to get them under the hard cap. So uh, none of those first three guys I mentioned, are, you know, Steph, Clay, and Draymond weren't going anywhere at that point. Uh, so Iguodala was the guy that was making the most that had to go to get the Warriors under the hard cap. Uh, so he, the Warriors had to find a team that, that would take him and, and basically you know, pay a team to take him. They, they did get the trade exception, which turned into Kelly Oubre. But uh, that's, the, that, that's the gist of it, Covey. They, they were hard-capped yeah. and had to trim salary. Yeah, and it was funny because, you know, Iguodala obviously didn't want to play for Memphis, and he just sat out, and then that Memphis team grinded it out last year with John Morant and, you know, that young crew, and, uh, you know, ultimately he lands in Miami, finds himself back playing in the NBA Finals, and I know there was a report, uh, boy, I'm trying to remember who it was, um, you know, one of the, one of the guys that, that's covered the dubs for a long time, uh, but there was a report, you know, middle of the year last year that, you know, Andre Iguodala will be back with the dubs it's almost a certainty and I'm like how who could possibly prognosticate that like a year and a half out now alas it didn't come to fruition he's decided to stick with Miami I mean you know maybe if he plays one more year next year um you know maybe he ends up back with the Golden State Warriors but I I don't think it's happening now I mean regardless it was a good run and and look I I know having just some veteran presence off that bench could help this team right now but I mean, by and large, you know, Andre Iguodala had a, a great tenure here. You, you wish him well. And, you know, uh, hopefully the Warriors are in a position where they can get somebody, uh, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit more spry, a little more tread on the tires uh, than a guy like Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. Maybe Andre Iguodala of like three or four years ago. Yeah, give me that coming off the bench next year. I'll take it. They, they definitely need to, to find a, and I've said this before, a – starting caliber wing that comes off the bench. And and yeah, Andre Iguodala of of year a few years ago is I mean that is the the quintessential prototypical guy that you'd want to have uh that that can do everything, is clutch, is a great leader, can defend, he, he's almost a point forward on the floor. Uh it, you know, it, extremely high basketball IQ to the point of basically savant levels like Andre Iguodala is is perfection in, in that category especially if you're talking about three four five years ago uh and, and that Andre Iguodala I, I don't know who that guy would be now and and it's going to be very difficult for the Warriors to try to to accumulate anybody of that ilk uh now but they do need at the very least a starting caliber player that that can be, you know, a bench player to kind of anchor things down for them. Like, like Jordan yeah. Poole's nice. Kelly Oubre would be, I, I think, somebody that could fit that void. Again, he ain't Andre Iguodala, though. No. And and look, let's face it. There are very few Andre Iguodala. So it's going to be up to Bob Myers to find something close to that. But I think, you know, to kind of bring it back to what we're seeing of late, some of these shortcomings from the Warriors, I mean, you look at this bench right now. Bazemore, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Nico Mannion, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole. Like, this is not 
a bench of a team with even high-level playoff aspirations, let alone championship aspirations. So it's, as much as I like what the starting five could look like, and, and let's face it, James Wiseman at this point is a real question mark. I think he's regressing. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit coming up. But, I mean, you've been on this the whole time, and it's spot on. It's not even so much about one through five. It's more about, like, six through ten. What the heck is that going to look like? It, the, the further we get into this season, J.D., the more that I'm kind of getting convinced, you know, night, on night in and night out, that if the Warriors are serious about making another run at this thing next year, this entire bench needs a facelift like in one off season. I mean, and it might take a couple, but there's, there's more guys that I probably think shouldn't be around than should if this team's serious about competing for a title next year. Yeah, I, I think that's – you just start running through it, and it's, you know, Wiseman, Draymond, Wiggins, Clay, Steph – Pools probably here in what role? I don't. I don't necessarily think that Pools' slot in the rotation is on lock. Like maybe some no. do, but but I think he's you know he's somebody you're going to want to have around. But after that, what's the Ubre decision? And and who are the other guys? And and I think there's this sweet spot in between. And this is no disrespect to these players, but there the Warriors need two or three players that are that are. Not as good as the starters necessarily, but better NBA caliber players than Damian Lee and Kent Bazemore. Like, there is yeah. a middle ground, and I think that's exactly where Kelly Oubre is. Like, Kelly Oubre is not, you know, Steph or Clay or Draymond or even Wiggins in terms of, of a player necessarily, although he can be as productive or more on, on some nights, but he is that quintessential player that is his lot in the NBA, his age, his athleticism, his skill set, he brings more to the table than a Damian Lee or a Kent Bazemore on a night-in, night-out basis, but maybe isn't a, a guy that's a, a clear-cut starter in this league. It's the Warriors need two or three of those type of players that are that are at that particular point of their NBA career. You know, so, and I think you're right. So along those lines, J.D., I mean, we know that there's only a couple of ways that Bob Myers can add to this team. It almost feels like if you want that to be a veteran latent presence, trading some of those picks, maybe even that Minnesota protected pick, that might be, you know, too much for uh, for Bob Myers to you know, to resist uh, in order to do that, in order to fortify that bench next year, because I know they're going to be getting pulled in a couple different directions. One is going to be, look, we got Steph, Clay, and Draymond under contract. We're finally going to have the Splash Brothers back next year. We want to give these guys another shot to make a run at a championship. But then there's going to be that other part of things, J.D., that says Andrew Wiggins, James Weissman, the Minnesota pick, your pick, maybe even Jordan Pooler and Eric Paschal, like that next core to build around and, you know, kind of that group to pass the torch to. And really it's going to hinge in a lot of ways on that Minnesota pick and whether they are able to use that pick this upcoming draft, if it's four or five, or next year if it ends up falling in the top three. But Bob Meyer's going to have to, you know, really make some hard decisions around that. And I think a lot of it is going to have to do with the development of James Wiseman and just how confident they feel about that. Uh, right now, not heading in the right direction. But I don't, you know, because here's the thing, J.D., getting the benefit of the doubt of, you know, veteran minimums because they want to come ring hunt. Like, that's not happening. You know, what we're seeing with teams like the Clippers and the Nets. Dubs ain't going to get any of that shine right now, and rightfully so. So you got to ask, well, how do you acquire 
talented veteran players that are willing to take bench roles and, and convince them that this is the place to come get a championship. And, oh, yeah, you need to take a little bit less money because we got a bunch of guys on fat contracts right now. Like, that's going to be tough unless they end up making some trades, and i.e. guys like maybe even Andrew Wiggins, which, okay, so now you've traded Andrew Wiggins. Well, who the hell's playing small forward for you? So I don't envy Bob Myers in that respect. This is a big task they have ahead of them. 888-957-9570. We'll continue the conversation on that front coming up. Also, uh, it, it's no surprise, but we've got an update on Stephen Curry's status for tomorrow that we'll give you. That's coming back uh, as well as uh, Warriors wrap-up rolls on here. It's J.D. and Covey on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Curry moving on Oladipo left side. Crossover dribble. Gets fouled. Shots up. It's good. He was going to his right across the free throw line and just threw it up with his right hand and it went in. Now, back to Warriors Wrap Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Big game from Stephen Curry. 36 points, 11 boards to go with three assists. The Warriors, though, lose to the Heat tonight in Miami. 116 
to 109. So Golden State getting this three-game road trip off uh, on a bad note. 23-25 and 25 now, a game up on Sacramento for that 10th and final slot uh, inside the NBA's Western Conference play-in tournament set to go uh, after the regular season. 888-957-9570 as we roll on here. Uh, Stephen Curry tomorrow. Uh, We hope to hear from Stephen Curry at some point here uh, between now and 9 o'clock. But uh, Steph Covey telling reporters after the ball game via Zoom, to no one's surprise, I mean, I think we were all over this, and, and I think you specifically were all over this, like, Tuesday. Uh, uh, Steph said he's got to see how he feels tomorrow when he wakes up before deciding if he can play in Toronto. He said Tuesday was rough after playing with that sore tailbone on Monday, and there were a couple of times tonight. He didn't fall as many times as he did in the Chicago game, but you could tell that he's really grinding through it and uh, I, I mean, I, I'll. Who knows what I know? Uh, you know, who knows what? You know, sometimes my gut can have bleep for brains, as I like to <laughs> Me say. Me too, baby. But I, I, I would think at this point, it's probably more likely that he's not playing tomorrow than he is playing tomorrow. Man, fingers crossed. Steph wakes up feeling good because let's face it. Like, and sure, again, Steph's health is the most important thing. But Toronto's beatable, okay? But I got I got seven words for you, J.D. Box plus one and Freddie Van Vliet. I think that's seven words. Uh, we know that the Toronto Raptors love to throw a, a ton at Steph Curry. They play him real physical. Nick Nurse, it's one of the things Nick Nurse does very well. They, they kind of got the book on at least how to maybe slow down Steph Curry and, and, and make things tough on him and make him earn everything he gets. Now, it's a real different situation with Toronto. We know that. They've you know traded away Powell, and, and clearly they're uh, – They've had some issues, COVID, and some team issues, blah, blah, blah. But the the reality is this is a winnable game. And say what you want about where the Warriors have been headed, where they haven't been so far as three games under 500. But you mess around and lose tomorrow, that's exactly where you're at. So it would suck if Steph can't go because, let's face it, they, they straight up need this guy, man. If they, if they don't have Steph tomorrow, they're, they're probably getting smoked in Toronto. Well, and it's not only Steph. Uh, some good news on the Kevon Looney front as far as uh, he said it's a, a minor tweak of, of his ankle, thinks he'll be able to go. But as far as Steph goes, the, the Warriors may also not have Jordan Poole tomorrow. So they could be in a situation where uh, you think about it, it's it's no, maybe, maybe, and again, we don't know for sure, that Steph specifically said he's got to see how he feels when he wakes up tomorrow, uh, determining whether he'll be able to play against the Raptors in Tampa. But Jordan Poole uh, tweaked his ankle, and it looked like he, he tweaked it to a greater extent than Kevon Looney did. So we'll have to see. But, I mean, if, if the Warriors have to play without Steph and without Jordan Poole tomorrow, I mean, who's well, going who's gonna to well, score the basketball at that yeah. point? What's that starting lineup look like? I guess you go Nico Mannion then into the starting lineup at the point, you know, and then, you know, Oubre Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. Uh, you know, Damian Lee probably get a ton of run. Yeah, that's that's not good. That's just not good at all. Uh, and uh, you know, if Steph can't play, I would much rather see just Jordan Poole start at the point guard. But you know, if he's got a bum ankle, who knows? So yeah, hopefully at least one of those guys can play. And you know, and just you know, between me and you, just a couple guys talking here. If I had to choose one, JD, you know, I got love for Jordan Poole, but I think I'd go Steph. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'd rather have Steph tomorrow night. But yeah, if they don't have either, uh, that's that's gonna be a really tough ask. And I would tell you right now, bet the under <laughs> on that game. Yeah, but well, bet the under for the Warriors at least. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In that game, and <laughs> and yeah, it would be a new low water mark for the Warriors at three under five hundred, 
and uh, you know, don't want to don't want to get into tomorrow's headlines today. I mean, we may have four and a half hours to talk about that tomorrow. So I don't I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to spend it all right now, Covey. <laughs> I, I don't want to spend it all right now because you know that's if he doesn't go, you know, got Friday show. We got to make sure we got plenty in the bag for that well, one. Well, then let's let, let's talk about this then. James Weissman to me has regressed, and something's going on in between the ears. He doesn't look like he's aggressive in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. There, there's been a lot of noise around Wiseman, uh, you know, all the attention that comes along with it. And, look, I'm, I'm not trying to bash the guy. I, I actually I enjoy James Wiseman. I think he's a, he's a bright young man. He's a, he's a thoughtful, you know, introspective. You know, I've called him kind of an old soul. Um, but the rigors of this NBA season, I feel like, are kind of catching up to him. And I want to see him ascending. And right now – I feel like he's descending. If, if if he's a stock, his stock is plummeting right now. His confidence is shot. And and I need some aggression. And, you know, maybe J.D. it'll come with him putting on a little bit of weight. Uh, and, you know, maybe, you know, with, with some other guys around him playing a little better, maybe that starts to empower him. I mean, the team's in a bit of a rut right now. But James Weissman just looks like he's lost positionally. He just doesn't look comfortable with the ball in his hands. What do you have? Five turnovers tonight, JD. I mean, this thing is this thing's getting bad. I'm, I'm, I don't want to use the B word yet because we're still very early into this process. But if I had to lean one way or another, I'd be leaning that way. Versus, oh yeah, what a, this was a home run pick for the Dubs. I could say that for sure. Yeah, and he only ends up playing 19 minutes and 30 seconds in the game tonight, uh, again, because his play on the floor didn't warrant him getting more time. I mean, I, I think, look, the jump between year one and year two is going to be, it's always the most significant, and I think it, it's going to have to be the most significant for him, but you still got a third of this season to go to where he can salvage so, uh, some positive momentum and and I think you know every time it looks like maybe he's turning a corner a little bit I thought he had a pretty good game against Chicago uh the the other night you know better than it had been but it just uh, there, there's just an inability to to string it together and and the Warriors just have a, a difficult time I feel like going back and forth between trying to make sure they're doing everything they can that gives them the best chance to win on a night in night out basis and and trying to get him what he needs to develop. I, I understand completely it's not a perfect situation. It was never going to be a perfect situation. But, and Steve Kerr said he's got to take his lumps and continue to fight through it and grind and and and, and get better and improve in that way. But but I'm with you. It's it it's a problem right now for, for this team. And it's something that, that you know, really needs to be a primary focus over the course of, of these last 24 games. Look, I, I think we can all agree, even if Golden State Warriors were to navigate to the play-in tournament, uh, them winning both games in order to secure a playoff spot, that would be a daunting enough task. It's possible, sure. I mean, I, you know, I give the Warriors as much chance as anybody in a one-game situation against you know, the, the likes of a Memphis, uh, you know, some you know, teams along those lines. Even a team like the Spurs in San Antonio, the Warriors could absolutely win that game. But to do it two times in a row, to win the 9-10 the game and then to win that final game to get into the postseason, um, that, I think that would be a big ask. And then, okay, so let's face it, you've accomplished that. 
good news. Buckle up for uh, for the Utah Jazz. No, jump on that flight to Utah. Like that's to me. I mean, if that's got bloodbath written all over it. And, and look, I still think long term it would be valuable for these guys just to get that experience, even if it meant getting their brains kicked in in four games, just to win do or die games in the play in tournament, even to win the nine ten game to force that next game would be huge. Just any opportunity you can have in a non regular season scenario where it's do or die or a chance to get into the playoffs. That's good for everybody. I totally understand that. But regardless, they're not beating the Jazz, okay, or whoever it would be in the first round, most likely the Jazz. So with that in mind, you really have to start thinking about next year. And so what can you do the rest of this year to make sure that you're ready to go next year? Well, it really starts with James Wiseman, right? Because let's face it, J.D., if we wrap up this season and we're more convinced that James Wiseman is still a big-time work in progress and there are way more questions than there are answers, then I can't say definitively that I think the Warriors have a shot to be, I'm not even going to say a championship team, but be one of the you know one of the top four teams in the West. I mean, I know Clay's coming back and they're going to add to this team, but so much is hinging on James Wiseman as a number two overall pick being an impact player like now. And I'm not talking the final 24 games, but certainly next year. And if we don't get some more answers and, and he doesn't you know get trending in the right direction towards the end of this year, I mean, to me, it, it's a non-starter that this team in the hunt in the West next year. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. You just want to see him level up from where he is now. He doesn't, you, you just don't want to be left with the taste that would be in your mouth right now if the season ended today. And look, it's 33% of the schedule still ahead for the Warriors, regardless of what happens as far as the play-in tournament or or the first round or, or, or whatever. I mean, I think the Warriors would, would like their chances against anybody if they're healthy when you're looking at Memphis or, or Dallas or, or San Antonio. Like, I think they feel like they could, they could navigate their way through. It wouldn't be easy. It'd be tough to have to win two, especially if it's two on the road. Like, I, I completely understand that with, with one day off in between. But you just don't want it to end the way that it feels right now is probably the best way to put it. And, and you know, he's got time and the Warriors have got time. And, and my bigger picture concern right now for the Warriors is at what point, and, and I know they're not there yet, and I know you can look ahead at the schedule and say there's all these winnable games that, that they can get on a roll. And I think, you know, Steve Kerr, even in the post game tonight, talking about how there is still time, and 24 games is actually kind of a lot. And and look, all of that is true. But the thing that I wonder, and maybe Kerr's answer in my question and in, in, in what he said, what what I'm about to say here is, I, I just wonder if there's a point where you know it all it all works together. If Steph can't play, and then you lose another one, and then you don't beat Atlanta, and then you come home and you're playing Milwaukee. Like, what if this thing is 23 and 28, you know, come five days from now? At that point, sure, the Warriors with 22 games to go could get on a run to, to, to get themselves back to 500 and make that play in tournament. They absolutely could. But what I wonder and maybe would worry about is if, the, if it got to that point where it got that bad, would they, would they even really care to fight for it right. at, at that point in time? Like, what yeah. would it be worth it? Yeah, no, I think you're right because the uh, the amount of energy and, and, you know, the amount of wear and tear that you'd have to put on Steph and Draymond in, you know, what would be best-case scenario still 
you know, a, a highly improbable scenario. I mean, it's classic risk reward, right, JD? And and this isn't, you know, your your run of the mill team that won 15 games last year and then is, you know, trying to trying to build this year around a young core. Like they've got a bunch of veterans on this team, right? They got, you know, the highest payroll in the NBA still. So this is a very unique situation. I I'm curious what what Joe Lacob's expectations are, right? I mean, uh, you know, when you're shelling out that kind of cheese, when you're paying 80 million dollars for Kelly Oubre to come here for a year and then you know trying to decide on what you want to do to commit to this guy long term you probably want some tangible results right and not that you know Steve Kerr or even Bob Myers for that matter or you know under that much scrutiny I mean their, their resumes speak for themselves they've earned that trust but I mean at some point like so you win 15 games last year okay you, you get the hall pass for that but then things get wonky again this year the team ends up you know five seven games under 500 when it's all said and done like at what point is it Hey, you know what? This might just be a bad basketball team. Like everything is teetering right now. And yes. I, I know that there's plenty of optimism about next year, but it's just not that simple. Things don't turn around that fast. So we're really kind of staring into the, you know, maybe the end for this core. At the same time, I don't want to be all doom and gloom because I can see a very plausible scenario where they get back on track. Yeah, they, they again, even if they were 35 and 37 and the 10 seed, if you said, hey, one game, Warriors and Grizzlies, you know. I'm taking with, the dubs. Is Steph playing? I, I'm taking I, the dubs. Yeah, I would too. And then if you're saying one game, the Warriors or the Spurs, you know, potentially. Let's say Dallas plays the Spurs and they, and they win and Dallas wins and Dallas takes the 7 seed. And so you're playing the loser of that game in a one-off and, and that's no disrespect to San Antonio but I feel like you know we we saw those two teams play each other and the Warriors should have won the game they didn't win and then won the second game so and you know and, and obviously I'm talking about the back-to-back -back games right, in San I got Antonio you. the Warriors blew them out on January 20th in, in Chase Center so I, I think you'd like the Warriors chances there you just you just wonder because the Warriors are always trying to make that distinction between short-term and long-term. I just wonder if the discussions, if we do hit this worst-case scenario where, again, Steph doesn't play tomorrow, and they, and they and then they lose, and then, hey, maybe they come back and, and they battle Atlanta, but they lose close, and then they come home and they play all right for two or three quarters against Milwaukee, but the Bucks are just too good, and then you're, you, know, you don't feel individually that bad about a couple of those games, but collectively your record at that point means you're at a crossroads where you have to determine if you is it more beneficial to try and get the 10 seed or is it more beneficial to maybe have two top 10 picks or at least the potential to have two top 10 picks and I you know at that point you know there's still going to be 20 21 22 games to go Right. Yeah. You don't want to get into punting it on the rest of the season uh, with, you know, uh, just over, uh, you know, under a third to go. Right. I mean, 20 something games. And and look, I, I still think, too, there's pressure in this organization to get this thing back on track. I mean, they, you know, they're trying to sell to this fan base, uh, you know, ahead when, when we eventually get fans back in the chase. Center. And I know Dub Nation, they show out in force. I understand that. And they get all the credit and all the benefit of the doubt because they supported this team and showed up for years when they sucked out loud. But who knows, you know, what this world's going to look like coming out on the other side of the pandemic, even when we are allowed to have butts in the seats. You think Joe Lacob wants a, you know, a, a, a nine seed, 10 seed team like perennially going forward, considering all the money that he shelled out to try and keep this team together, all the money that they shelled out to build the Chase Center? Like, 
I mean, really, it's it's kind of well, not kind. It's very similar to what happened with the San Francisco 49ers when they moved into Levi Stadium. It's like you got all these new digs, you got all, all you know this this team that's had so much success, and then uh oh, like it, it can be over quick. Uh, and you know, I, I I give Myers and, and really ownership credit for saying no, no, let's keep these guys around. Clay, Steph, Draymond. I've never heard Bob Myers say one time that he was told he couldn't spend a dollar on somebody like that hasn't been an issue. But at some point, I mean, it's ROI. You want return on investment. And I know the Warriors built up a ton of credibility winning, you know, three titles, going to five finals. I know Kerr and Myers, they've got that kind of credibility within the organization and and with the front office. But again, two years and no playoffs and, you know, everybody's a couple of years older now. If Wiseman's looking like maybe that wasn't a great pick. I mean, you know, we could be looking at, okay, well, Steph and Clay and Dre, thanks for the memories. You know, they play a couple more years and, and maybe they move on and, you know, this team could be toiling in obscurity for a number of years. I know that's kind of worst case scenario right now, but I know plenty of Warriors fans have, have kind of faced that thought just based on what we've seen on the court. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's a difficult situation you know, for the Warriors to be in and, and another thing that they potentially would would have to uh, overcome here. Let, let's get to uh, who's hot and who's not. Sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Who's hot uh, lately, uh, seemingly uh, on a nightly basis. We got to throw Andrew Wiggins in here. Uh, no doubt. He continues to knock it down from three. Uh, five of 11 from three-point range. 23 points tonight. Uh, he's shooting the basketball exceptionally well from three-point range since the All-Star break. And uh, we were joking on Warriors Live today. Uh, Kolsky sat in for you because you were sitting in on the 10-2 to 2 show. And uh, Kolsky loved for our Warriors wager. Wiggins, I think, over 16-and-a-half or something like that. Uh, and, and we both did. And I said, the only thing I'm worried about is – Sometimes when the calendar flips after a guy has a great month, I'm a little superstitious about that next month, maybe flipping it in another direction. Not the case tonight for Andrew Wiggins. Nah, he's balling, man. Two-way Wiggs is doing his thing. And, you know, he got off to such a great start to the season, J.D., and then I know had a little bit of a lull. Just by and large, like, you know, from the the beginning of the season, the, the season in its totality for Andrew Wiggins has been rock solid, if not damn near spectacular. Andrew Wiggins has been a terrific player. And, again, that's why, I'm you know, when I talk about – Next year, and I, I know we're all facing our worst fears right now when the team's losing the way they are. It's like, oh, man, is, you know, have, have we seen the best these guys have to offer? Is this just going to be a bad team? But then, you know, you, you see the contributions of a guy like Andrew Wiggins and see what he can put together, and you think, man, you know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, a, a, a James Wiseman that's grown into his, his feet, like – you know, Jordan Poole is a scorer off the bench. Like, there's a lot of different things to be confident about next year on top of it. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to look at both sides of the equation here. But certainly, I mean, let's face it, J.D., the guy that they thought they were getting from the Minnesota Timberwolves versus the guy that they've actually gotten in Andrew Wiggins, I would say it's it's at least one full click above what I would expect, probably even two. Um, you know, we knew he could score, but the two-way play, the three-point shooting, the commitment, he's been a, you know, he's been the consummate pro. I got to admit, man, I'm I'm an Andrew Wiggins fan. I love his game. Yeah, and it bodes well for the future. It no bodes question. well with once Clay's back and you have Steph and Draymond because that was the plan for this season that, that was unable to come to fruition. So I, I think that's the part that, that I like the most about this if I'm the Warriors moving forward. It's the fact that it, it has played well enough without Clay. It figures to play even better with Clay uh, back in the fold next year. 
it just comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is, all right, what what is spot five, six, seven, and eight, or six, seven, eight, and nine going to look like uh, for this team? Because I think that's the area where they can really make a jump that can propel them from maybe a seven to ten kind of a team up to maybe a three or a four kind of a team. Maybe not all the way to a title contender, but that number one A tier just below title contender to where maybe you're a step away from being uh, a title contender. As far as uh, who's not, uh, and again, this is our who's hot, who's not, sponsored by Exergen because accuracy matters. Uh, I got to put Jordan Poole in here, and I'm I'm looking at the three of nine tonight. Uh, He plateaued I think in that second game in Memphis and I know he had 19 points against Philly and he had 17 against Sac and and he was okay against Atlanta 5 of 11 for 15 points but I'm looking at the shooting uh since the Philly game and Philly was really physical with him they have a lot of long athletic playoff caliber defenders and they put you know, forced him into a 5 and 5 of 16 Poole was 5 of 13 against the Kings. 5 of 11, a little better against the Hawks, but then a 3 of 8 Chicago, 3 of 9 tonight. Uh, Poole, after a great start coming up and being inserted into the rotation and even getting uh, a couple of starts there with Stephen Curry out, uh, he's hit the wall uh, a little bit here. Now, again, you hope he's healthy because he still has the ability to get a real efficient 20 or 25 on any night. Uh, But right now, uh, for tonight at least, we got to put him in the who's not uh, category. Yeah, and my concern with Poole was, I mean, part of what was, uh, you know, having him play so well, I mean, the you know, the, the the byproduct of that was he was hitting his threes, right? And that can be a really streaky thing. I mean, let's face it, I think Jordan Poole's a nice player, and he's made some strides. He's gotten a whole hell of a lot better, but he ain't on that Steph status yet. So I think, you know, that, that kind of stuff tends to cool out over time a bit, and, you know, probably get hot again. I mean, like I said, he's got a nice stroke. He's got a good game. So I think that he, you're going to have to kind of ride that wave with a guy like Jordan Poole, like most guys in the NBA. I mean, let's face it, he's not he's not unique there. And then I also think, hey, look, word got out a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, this this kid out of Michigan for the dubs, uh, maybe we need to start paying him a little more mind. And, you know, when that second unit's out there and it is Poole, I mean, Kelly Oubre's not giving him anything right now. Um, you know, very few guys in that second unit are. I know it's, you know, it could be Wiggins sometimes, but for the most part, if, if you throw all the, the, you know, the heavy weight at Jordan Poole, um, he can't just do it all on his own right now, and they don't have anybody else that's a threat to score. I mean, we saw tonight, like, the Heat went into a zone, and you know, Poole's not going to be able to unlock that when, you know, an Eric Spolstra, you know, Miami Heat team are, are intent on locking you down and defending. So it'll be up to Poole to, A, get his stroke back, and B, kind of readjust. Like, congratulations, you've, you've officially got yourself noticed at the NBA level, but... Congratulations, you've officially got yourself noticed at the NBA level and everything that comes along with getting yourself noticed at the NBA level. Let's get a couple of callers in before the top of the hour. Uh, Duriel in San Jose. Duriel, you're on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how's everything? Uh, you know, I was watching, you know, I wasn't uh, watching the game. I wasn't able to watch it, but I was listening on the radio and, and like, following the box score and the, the stats and everything. And, you know, it's hard to win when your bench is only giving you 20 points. And that's what the Warriors bench has been doing, you know, for most of the season is giving them about 20 points, which is not enough. You know, their, their starters have to play damn uh, almost perfect and everything. You know, uh, Draymond, you wish that he could do what he did tonight on a more regular basis because that's what we need from him and everything with the amount of points he scored and, and the other numbers that he put up. You know, we don't have a true point guard, which is a problem. 
and everything, you know. Uh, but, you know, Steph's busy scoring and everything, doing his thing. He's a little fragile and everything, which is a problem. But, you know, to talk about sitting him if things aren't looking good and all this other stuff or whatever, like, no, we, he needs to play, man. He needs to teach these guys what they need to know, be a leader, you know, play with them and, and, and get used to doing that and everything so they get better. So, you know, no sitting now. We need to, you know, win as many games as possible. You know, we're a good team. This is not a bad team and everything. And, you know, the numbers that Wiseman is putting up and everything is nothing to laugh at and everything. He's doing a decent job. You know, we're getting too high on him when he does good. We're getting too low on him when he does bad. You know, we need to support this young man and stand behind him a thousand percent and everything, you know, so that he uh, is more motivated to play his best ball. He's going to get better and everything. He's going to uh, play better, you know, as the season goes on. We're going to be a tough team to beat and everything. Our coach knows what he's doing and all that stuff. This is just a tough game on the road playing in Miami. They, they were in a championship last year. We're not going to win the championship every single time we play a game and everything. You know, this is a process right. and all that stuff. So, you know, of course, Oubre, you know, he's got to step it up and everything, but he's been doing fine and all that stuff and all the other, you know, uh, and everything. Like, he's not going to have great games every single game and stuff, but, you know, uh, you know, we got to play better. Our bench got to step it up, and, and, you know, we just need to keep at it, man, and we'll, you know, we'll be where we need to be at the end of the season. Thanks, Duriel. Appreciate the call. Good good phone call there, Duriel. I mean, I'm with him as far as you want to see Steph set the tone and you want to see him win. Uh, I, I feel like the Warriors, though, are on the brink of – all right, Steph, like he's going to take a fall and it's just, you know, the, the, that fall is going to be worse than the other falls and they're going to reach a point where it's like, all right, it, you need to take two weeks off and get this thing right. Yeah, hopefully it that's where it's happen. headed. Yeah, but I, no, I think you're right, J.D., and I guess we'll find out tomorrow as far as Steph's availability. If I was laying odds right now, I'd say about four to one that Steph takes tomorrow night off. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, let's get West Oakland Sam in here uh, on Warriors wrap-up. West Oakland Sam, you're up next here. What's up, man? What's up, Sam? What's going on, guys? Hey, man, Covey, you on double duty today, huh? Look at you, man. That's all right. I got a, I got a young dog to feed, and, oh, yeah, I, I just bought a place. So I got to stay working, baby, hey, whatever they need. I hope they pay y'all. Hey, man, I hope they pay you overtime, man. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I'm looking at the Warriors. Like, we need a true facilitator to come off the bench, like, with the second unit. And... Um, I would love to have, like, a Marcus Smart coming off the bench uh, to back up Steph, you know what I mean? And if Steph has been playing hurt this past couple games, getting 30 points playing hurt like this is just – it's amazing, man. Like, Steph is, is truly a one-of-one, one, man. And and um, these next couple of games, I think because we're three games under 500, we were bubbling around 500 throughout the whole year. Now I think, you know, let Draymond shoot. Let anything just – I think – like, from here on out, let everything go. Open up everything. You know, just, like, don't be afraid about rotations. Let the rota- Like, put in whatever rotations you want to put in for this team right now. You know, and just let the machinations kind of work itself out. You know, um, I'm just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of hovering around 500. Oh, thanks, thanks, West Oakland, Sam. We, we lost you there at the end. Uh, we'll touch on that on, on the other side. 
uh, 888-957-9570. If you want to continue to jump in here, we're going to flip it around and, and go to final word, but we're going to keep the Warriors conversation going here. Uh, and, and also, Stephen Curry, uh, we, we finally have that sound loaded up as far as his post-game Zoom session. Uh, the conversation's been good, so we haven't played any of Steve Kerr. We'll hear some post-game sound, kind of State of the Warriors-esque right now, as it does feel like this uh, season for Golden State is at an inflection point uh, at a crossroads. So Draymond, Steph, even some Steve Kerr coming up here uh, on the other side as we flip it over to final words. So that'll do it for the Warriors wrap-up portion of the evening. But keep it locked right here. We're keeping the Warriors conversation moving as the Heat beat the Dubs tonight 116-109. to 109.